everybody in the house say my hallelujah say Because he gives us so much. We serve an awesome God. We serve a mighty God. We serve a good God. Even when we're not good to ourselves, even when we're not good to each other, he is still good to us. And every day he gives us another opportunity to serve him, to praise him, and to worship him. So we need to give him our very best. So in that being said, it's offering time. It's offering time. It's offering time. So we need to give God our best and our offerings because he's the reason we can go to work and go make that check. I know some of y'all ain't got paid because God knows I paid my tithes Friday. And I'm thankful because he has blessed me so much. And he continues to bless me. And when he blesses us, we're supposed to be a blessing to others. Okay? All right. Now, the ushers are in the back. They'll be coming forward. If you don't have an envelope, you need to have an envelope, or you can just put your money in the um, bucket. We can give by uh, text to give. And we have, Zion Hill has an app. So you can go on Realm, and you can pay your tithes and offer that way. Ushers, come forward. Father God, we just thank you, Lord God. We thank you for this day. We thank you for another opportunity, Lord God, just to be in your presence. Thank you, Lord God, for what you're doing in our lives, and thank you for the finances that you have blessed us with. Lord God, we pray for those who are giving, and we pray, Lord God, that they're giving cheerfully, Lord God, because we know in your word you say you love a cheerful giver. Lord God, we pray for those who don't have, and Lord, we pray, Lord God, that you continue to bless them, Lord, because, Lord, we know that the woman with the two bits, you blessed her just the same. So Lord God, we thank you, Lord God, for what you're doing in our lives, and we continue to praise you, worship you, in Jesus' name, amen.
If you don't mind offering God praise, can you just lift your hands, clap your hands, all ye people, and give him praise this morning. Amen, amen. He is worthy to be praised. As we all know, this is the month of February, amen. And this is the month that our country designates as Black History Month. And this is where we honor all of the many contributions that African Americans have uh, made to this great nation called the United States of America. And that deserves a round of applause, amen. So with that being said, we want to also honor and celebrate this great month. And what we're going to do is we're going to have what we call themed Sundays, okay? So how can you participate? I'm glad you asked. I'm going to tell you right now. So second Sunday, this Sunday coming up, we want everybody in the house to wear African attire. Y'all see what Pastor and Sister Elizabeth have on right now? So see, we have an advantage. We, we have something that we can go by when we look at them. Amen. So we want you to come in your best dress African. I'm not talking about African-American attire now. I'm talking about African heritage, African attire. Amen. So ladies, that also means you go ahead and put your head wraps on your head. Now listen, don't, don't, don't blow up Sister Elizabeth's phone because you can't figure out how to wrap your head now. Amen. Y'all go on YouTube and, and look at some, some videos on how to wrap. Amen. But we're also going to, uh, the music department will also be teaching you some African songs from the motherland. All right. So that second Sunday, third Sunday, what are we going to do? This is the Sunday that our youth usually minister to us. So what we want to do is we want to honor all of the HBCUs, all Southern ground. And I see you already dancing. Now, listen, I know that Southern keeps, can he, they continue to beat Grambling in the Bayou Classic. But the, uh-oh. All right. But we don't want you to, you want no, no, no fighting next, the third Sunday, okay? But we want you to dress in your favorite HBCU attire. For all of the fraternity and sorority members in the house, we want you to come in your divine nine attire, a.k.a.s, omegas, sigmas, iotas. Um, Kappas, I'm just playing. But I know that uh, Sister Jessica as well as Sister Lisa Harris have already started to invite the local um, sororities and fraternities to come. So we want you to also invite them as well. But we want you to come in your HBCU attire. Fourth Sunday. Somebody say fourth Sunday. All right. This is the Sunday that we usually go ahead and we um, honor God and we remember what his son Jesus did for us on the cross and we observe our communion. But we want you to come in your Sunday best attire. And what we're going to do on that fourth Sunday is go old school. So we're going to take it back. Somebody say way back. All right, so fourth Sunday, we're going to honor God and, and um, sing some old school music. So invite everybody, you know, all the songs that your grandma and them taught you and Uncle Joe, great ain't it, all of them, we're going to be singing those songs. So again, second Sunday, we're going to wear our African attire. This is the Sunday coming. Third Sunday, we want you to wear your HBCU attire as well as the fraternity and sorority attire. Fourth Sunday, Sunday best attire and come to hear some good old school music. Amen. Y'all give that a hand and we want you to invite everybody that you know. Now, while I'm up here, how many guests do we have in the house this morning? Do we have any guests? I see your hand. Anybody else? Any guests? Can we give our guests a great big round of applause? And please, all of our guests, if you didn't stop by the guest center on your way in, 
on your exit out of the sanctuary, please stop by the guest center. We have a special gift for you. Now, this is the time that we all get up, but also all our online guests and online members, our online church, we want you to participate by going in the chat box and typing in good morning so you can participate. Hello to your online members and the members that are in the house. We want to say good morning as well. So get up. This is the time that we go like pastor says and put a kiss on somebody. Give them a high five. Tell them hello. Good morning. What a fellowship. What a joy divine.
Good morning, Zion Hill. It's so good to be with you once again. Before we get into the message this morning, here are a few quick announcements. Hey, Chris. What's up? You heard about that Zion Hill youth camp that we're going to? Yeah, I heard about it. You know, it's Wild Week Camp, located in Lenton Spring, Texas, July the 9th through the 13th. The cost is $395 and the pot is $50. We'll be worshiping God, learning about Him, and it'll be so much fun. We, we hope, hope to see you there. there. For those who might be interested, Dr. Jones will be on campus at LCU on Wednesday, February 8th to talk about heart health. The event starts at 4 p.m. and will be held in the Granberry Conference Room Center. It is free and open to the public. To celebrate this year's Black History Month, Zion Hill will highlight African-American culture with themed Sundays for the month of February. That's right, starting February 12th, the second Sunday in the month, wear your best African attire with prints from Nigeria, Fulani, Ghana, Tanzania, and all styles from the continent. In our efforts to make our world a better place, God has given our pastor the vision to build a state-of-the-art youth complex right here at Zion Hill. By simply sowing a monthly seed of only $19.25 for one year, we will be able to build a safe and exciting place for young people to hang out, play games, socialize, and come into a saving knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus. If you are a guest today joining us for the first time, we are so glad that you've decided to worship with us. After service, please stop by our guest center where we'll have a special gift just for you. If you've been blessed by this ministry, partner with us in spreading the gospel all over the world. This is your opportunity to give unto the Lord and give to this ministry. You can do so by scanning our QR code on the screen or text to give by texting ZH family, followed by the dollar sign to 73256. That's 73256 or you can go to our website at www.zionhill.com and click on the Give tab or simply give through our new church app. That's right, Zion Hill has a new app. Visit us at Google Play or at the Apple App Store and search for Zion Hill Church Family to download. Well, that's it for our morning announcements. Thank you for tuning in and until next time, we'll see you at the top. Praise the Lord, everybody. We are grateful to all of you for being here this morning. I appreciate all of our leaders for what you are doing. It's always a blessing to be in the house of the Lord. Thank you all for your support and for your prayers. Serving the Lord, peace. Do I have an amen for that? We pray that God will continue to increase you more and more. Today, by assignment of the Holy Spirit, I'm going to be sharing with you about God fixing things for us. You need to know a little of our history that in the year 1926, 
there was a brother in the Lord. His name is Carter G. Wilson. You need to remember that name. Uh, he is a preacher like me. He and I have a lot in common. In addition to being a, a preacher, he's an activist. And he's also he was also a college professor. He saw something in our country that was not pleasing. And basically, as an educator, he noticed that the curriculum that we teach in school was deliberately shaped to put down the black people. So he thought he has a responsibility to do something about it. And basically what he did was to push for what we call Negro Week. Just a week. Just to teach the real history of black people in America. And the Lord bless his effort. Let me see on the record he was not the only one that make it happen. There were a lot of churches. He came up with the idea as a, as a professor, but he needed the support of the community. There were even sororities and fraternities that helped him. And that's how we have what we call Negro People Week. And bless God, as time progresses, in the 60s, the word Negro was no longer popular. Right? So they wanted to change that from Negro Week to something else. But thank God in the year 1976, you will recall what happened. The President of the United States, President Ford, granted what we now call Black History Month. So it was extended from one week to a whole month, all right? And just like uh, my son in the Lord was saying earlier, the whole idea is to celebrate the achievement of people like you and me. And we thank God for that, um, but you need to know also that it's not just to celebrate it's also an opportunity to call for action. So that's my assignment today. Um, we're going to celebrate our achievements. We're going to indict our society to do better for itself. That's the job of a pastor. Uh, we are not entertainers. In fact, I'm going to ask the choir to sing that song again on my way home. And we have to learn to depend on God to fix everything that is wrong in our society. Please also know that you're not going to just throw things in the lap of God. There are things that you have to do. So like if you're going to school, Professor Wilson will tell you, just like I will tell you or Dr. Brown, there, there's a lot of professor here in the house, they will tell you, you can't just say, God will help me to pass the exam. 
You have to do your part. So we're going to touch on that today. Uh, without imposing, will you please sing that song? By the way, Papa, you look good. So. Amen. So I came for To God be the glory. Help yourself.
fixing Jesus like you said you would back then when Professor Wilson was talking about this kind of crisis many people think we are now crisis free and ignorance is a dangerous thing but as I'm standing before you now textbooks have been removed that are written by black authors because they feel it's not good history or it's divisive so they say we're not going to teach that in school exactly what was going on in 1926 is happening right now so in all you're getting get understanding I cannot stand a black person being ignorant so pay attention to what God is doing and pay attention to what the devil is doing so you can fix it Bible says some people will have to plant, some people will have to water, and then God will do his part. So if you don't plant and you don't water, well, that's on you and me. All minds clear? Okay, let's stand for the reading of the word. The book of First Kings. Chapter 21, verse number 1. Thank you, choir. We appreciate you. First Kings, chapter 21, verse number 1. The word of God says, And it came to pass after these things that neighbored the Jezreelite had a vineyard and that vineyard was located where? In Jezreel. And ladies and gentlemen, that vineyard, what we call a farm today, is located next to the palace of King Ahab, who was king of Samaria. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, I thank you that your word is solid. I thank you for so many who are gathered here to hear from heaven. I thank you for hundreds and thousands of others who will be living and seeing and watching this on the airwaves. Father, I pray that you will show yourself strong in the midst of your people. Holy Spirit, speak to us this morning. Help our understanding. Help our thinking. Lord, we pray for souls in the kingdom. We pray for revelation knowledge. Not just of our people, but every man, every woman on earth. I thank you for your presence in this place. Have your way. It is so. In Jesus' name. 
Amen. Amen. You may be seated. I want to talk with you for a few minutes on the subject titled, God Will Have the Last Say. God will have the last say. Today I want to talk with you on three principles. Number one, justice. Everybody shout justice. Number two, I want to talk to you about fairness. Somebody shout fairness. And one more thing that we want to talk about is called vengeance. Will you please? Vengeance. Amen. I don't want to assume that all of us know what these words means. What are we talking about when we say justice? Ladies and gentlemen, we're talking about treating people Fairly and equally. When we have a society that teach everyone fairly and equally, that's a land of justice. Also, ladies and gentlemen, justice equally means having a land of opportunity. Everybody can pursue their dreams. Some will even go as far as to call it the American dream. When we have opportunities, when our sons and daughters don't have to run to another state to make a living, then we're talking about justice. Justice will also include treating people with Dignity. You have to treat people right. Justice means you treat people with respect. You treat people with empathy. Justice means that you are fair to everyone. I'll let you decide whether we're there or not. Fairness, ladies and gentlemen, is what is left over when unfairness is got rid of. When we get rid of unfairness, what is left over is fairness. The Bible has a lot to say about justice. In case you don't know, when Jesus announced his ministry, he said, the spirit of the Lord, God Almighty is upon me. And he said, he has called me, he has anointed me to set the captives, captives free. Jesus was a man of God sent to preach justice. And everywhere he went, he was doing good. Ladies and gentlemen, the book of Micah, chapter 6, verse 8, says something about justice. 
They say, God has shown you, O man, or O woman, what is good and what the good Lord required of you. Well, if you say, well, I don't know. Well, the Bible took the time to tell you what it is. He said, do justice. So the Bible was never silent when it comes to this subject of justice. Not only do you need to do justice, love mercy, and walk humbly before God. Not only is God serious about this subject of justice, I thank God for America. America takes the matter of justice serious. If you don't believe me, you will recall in 1776, when we had what we call Declaration of Independence, the first thing they declare is that all men are created equal. That's somebody who had justice in mind. Again, you see it in the year 18, uh, 1787 when we had our constitution, you know. The preambles to that constitution say something about justice. What did it say, pastor? It said, we the people We've come together to form a more perfect union. And guess what's the next thing we said? To establish justice. In all your getting, get understanding. Ladies and gentlemen, we even have agencies that are in place to make sure Justice reign in America. It is the people. People who we owe justice, they're ignorant of their rights. And people who put in charge to enforce justice, they're doing the exact opposite. In case you don't know, our court is supposed to be a place of justice. It's an institution we put in place to ensure justice. Well, whether it's a place of justice or not, I'll let you be the judge. We even have a whole department called the Department of Justice to enforce the law. We even have a lady that scale in his hand. We call her Lady Justice. So the subject of justice is a serious matter for us. Yet, with all those documents, with all those set up, only a few years ago, a little over 100 years ago, people were debating and arguing that women should not be allowed to vote. With all those documents, it don't mean nothing. The real heart of people begin to manifest. And they say, if you're a woman, no, we don't want you to vote. 
even some places not until the 19th century. Why people still maintain the argument that slavery must continue. They say, in fact, they believe our economy will not survive unless we allow slavery. Why do you think we are having war? We call it civil war. Because people, they ignore the, the Bill of Rights, all the constitutional declaration, all the preambles. Forget all of that, they say. We've got to have some people enslaved. Believe it or not, it's just over 150 years ago, not too far from today, when they say when you're a woman, you are not allowed to have real estate. Only men can own properties. And yet, some of us, in our ignorance, we turn around and, and, and elect people that will hurt you and destroy your future. Truth be told, history is full of injustice. Am I right about it? You remember Holocaust. You remember what was done to Native Americans. You remember the Spanish Inquisitions. If you don't remember any of that, you remember slavery. Many of you remember lynching. With all the Constitution in place. With all the Declaration of Independence. Yet people skip the page. Because people love injustice more than justice. Even till today, there's still a lot of injustice going on. Just imagine how many people are still living in poverty. Imagine how many acts of violence. Even the Department of Justice now realize you cannot prosecute your way to freedom. Ladies and gentlemen, you'll be amazed how much intolerance is going on in our nation today. People will hate you. They don't even know you. But just because you're black, or just because you're white, or just because you're you are a foreigner, or just because you're Jewish, or just because you're Muslim, or whatever, they will hate you. I'll be honest with you, what is going on makes me angry. And in my prayer, I tell God about it. See, how long, how long? I'm sick and tired of just doing programs. Programs don't change nothing until you can change the heart of men and women of this world. Believe it or not, in the book of Revelations, chapter 6, verse 10, it talks about the saints who are already in heaven. Guess what they're asking God? The same question I'm asking. How long? Will all this foolishness go on? They're asking God in his presence. 
When will you avenge our blood on all the bad people in the world? Will you not judge them? Will you not avenge them? All these evil deeds, how long, Lord, will you permit evil to continue? And the Lord led me to this passage I read to you this morning. First book of King, chapter 21, beginning from verse 1, you see an actual story of what happened. A classic case of injustice. What happened, Reverend, where the king of Israel, his name is Ahab, he owned a palace, just like we have what we call the White House. He owned a palace in South Jezreel. But guess what? Somebody have a farm next to that palace. That somebody's name is Nabot. So the king one day thought, wait a minute. It don't look good to have a farm here. So we need to take this farm from this poor guy. But king in his, in his, in his wisdom, he said to Mr. Nabot, I just don't want to take it from you. I will pay you for your land. In fact, he said, I will relocate you. By the way, there's a word when you move people from their location. And then you push them, whether because you're trying to build a, a monument to yourself, or you're trying to develop your downtown, or you're trying to whatever your agenda is, when you move black people out of the neighborhood. That's what's going on in your Bible. The Bible is not complicated to understand. So the king explained to Mr. Nabot, your farm is next to the White House. We don't want that. But we will give you a bigger farm. I was sure one day when I was studying the history of Pineville, Louisiana, and most of what we call Main Street today, guess who owned the properties? They were moved out, kicked out, pushed somewhere. We'll pay you. In fact, we'll give you a bigger space. But you can't stay here. Well, guess what Mr. Neighbor said? Honorable King, I appreciate the offer, but I am moving. This is my inheritance. I can stop here and preach. To you black folk, hey, don't turn me off. I'm on an assignment. You are selling your inheritance. Nobody with common sense. When God bless you, you have to protect your miracles. Mr. Nabot had enough sense to say, it may be small thing to you. I may be a nobody to you. But this is my inheritance. 
I got this from my mama. I got this from my daddy. I'm not going to sell it to any government. By the way, for half time, I need to point out to you, Mr. Neighbor wasn't trying to be difficult. Sometimes you have to understand the word of God. If you read the book of Leviticus, chapter 25, verse 23, God made it very clear. Do not sell your land. You can read. So that man was acting obedience. If you sell your inheritance for a bowl of soup, what are you leaving for your children? What are you leaving for your children's children? The Bible says a good man, a good woman will leave an inheritance for his children's children. When God bless you, protect that miracle. Yes. The land belonged to God. And that's why he told them, nobody's selling. Ladies and gentlemen, you see the same thing in Numbers chapter 36, verse 7. I give you these references so you can study the word of God. The Bible made it very clear. Inheritance shall not change hands. Can you imagine if we have not become so selfish we want a, an immediate gain? Yes, Things that our fathers and our forefathers worked so hard made so much sacrifice. And then the moment they give you a little money You sell your soul. Even they get you to vote. Just a little talking that will last you only for a few days and go through the commode. And you become a sellout. The Bible said, an inheritance shall not change hands. Period. It means technically Nebot was not an owner. Nebot is just a steward. God owned the land. And everything you have today, God is the true owner. Before any fool comes to me and say, sign this paper, I hope that God will remind you of my funny voice. That will tell you you do that, you're born in hell because you're violating God's word. You are a steward. And God required you and me to be good stewards. First King chapter 21, verse 4. See, continue with my story. You see what happened next. The king went home. He was very displeased and he started to cry. He laid in his bed, put his face to the wall, and he would not eat. Thank you, I'm glad you're reading. He was that upset, but what a sorry sight. 
I grow. I almost. At home, crying over a little piece of property. This is the most powerful man in Israel. Here we see him acting like a child, like a spoiled child. You remember little kids? So when things don't go their way, they... I raised five of them. I said, I'll beat you and your mama. Get out of my face. How you going to be? Ain't no time to, to, to Train up these children the way to go. They didn't work for nothing. You worked too hard. Now you got to go to McDonald's. Who said I have to take you to McDonald's? You better eat what is before you. If not, you're going to starve that day. They're all still alive. It works. Believe me. Somebody got to have a backbone in that house. And say, no. We're going to live within our means. We're not going to go bankrupt. Because you want goodies all the time. If you remember, in the book of 1 Kings, chapter 21, verse 5 and 6, here come his wife, Lady Jezebel. She came home and she saw her husband crying, sucking his tongue. And then Lady Jezebel said, wait a minute. What's going on here? Why is your spirit down? Why are you not eating food? And I can just, in my sanctified mind, I can see here, see folding his hand like little kid. Mm, they won't let me have the land. <laughs> and he told the story what happened. And Jezebel said, this is a woman. Was telling this man, say, you see yourself. You're going to be crying for a piece of property. Aren't you the king? So Jezebel said, okay. If you will not be a man, I have to take over. Don't worry, I'll get the land for you. Thank God for women. This woman, single-handedly, it's in your Bible. He, she wrote a letter to the law enforcement people of the day. He said, look, this is what I want you all to do. That's in verse Eight, by the way, of First King chapter 21. He said, I want you all to proclaim a fast. I want you to invite Mr. Nabot and put him on high chair. Then bring some accusers to come up with some false statement. And then find him guilty and kill him on the spot. That was the game plan of, of Miss Jezebel. There's a lot of lessons there. Number one, those of you are men in the house. See, God called you to be the head of your house. If you would not lead, God will raise up 
your wife to lead you. It's scripture. There are too many homes with weak men. And your weakness is going to affect the children. As much as I don't like Jezebel, somebody had to lead that house. So if you find yourself in a home where your spouse is the king, spouse is meant to be queen, not the king, that means you're a weak man. And I love you not to tell you. You need to get out of your weakness and be a man in your own house. And take the lead. Provide for your own house. Take care of everybody. If there's a cockroach in the house, it's your responsibility. It's a weak man that will bring forth a, a child, but you won't pay your own child support. It's a weak man. You want to lay with somebody in that house, but you won't provide even for your own family. You are an infidel according to the word of God. You want black history? I got black history for you. Be a man. Notice what happened. Another lesson you can see there, you can be doing your best as a man, as a woman, but you can be set up. What Miss Jezebel did here is to set him up. So be a watchman for your own self. You cannot sleep with both eyes closed. Not everybody that say, I love you, pastor, love pastor. I sleep all right, but one eye is wide open. If you see me walking, I'm seeing my back too. Pay attention to what's going on on your job. Pay attention to what's going on in your business. Pay attention. Don't just sign papers. Don't just believe everything they tell you. You went to school, you smart. Read for your own self. Ladies and gentlemen, they killed this man because she was planning evil even though the man was Innocent. Ladies and gentlemen, that's a form of injustice. God raised up Elijah, the prophet. This is what pastors do. In chapter 21, verse 17, God told Elijah to go tell the king and his wife. So Elijah showed up. To confront the evil. Give me a break. Let me talk to the preachers. You who call yourself a man of God. And you are being bought. And you are being given money. And you are, and you are messing up the kingdom of God. Because instead of you being a man of God. You become a man of the devil. 
It's time that you, you rise up. Shine for the glory of God. If they give you $2,000, how long will that last before you become broke again? Elijah got up. Elijah confronted the king. He didn't kiss up to the king. He's not looking to be a clique of the king. He stood his ground. God is looking for more men and women of God. That you will owe nobody nothing but the love of God. And when anybody cross the line, you will have the courage and the tenacity and the anointing and the backup of heaven to tell every Pharaoh, let my people go. Elijah told the king, the same way you killed this moment. I told you I'm talking about God will have the last word. The same way dog leak the blood of that man. You would die the same way. Elijah asked him first, did you kill that man? Did you take his land? The moment the man died, they rushed to take his property. And the same mess is going on today. In fact, God was so mad about it, God said, the same place where God leaked the blood of that poor man, that's the same place God said, the dogs will leak your own blood. Notice what happened. This is the amazing thing about God. In chapter 1, verse 27, the Bible says Ahab repented. I can stop and minister to somebody here today. I don't know about you. I know what it is to screw up in my life. But isn't it good to know that you will turn around and you will tell God, I am sorry. God will have mercy on you. In verse 27, the Bible says, Ahab repented. He put on sackcloth. He began to fast. He began to mourn. He repented. The Bible is full of people like that. Remember Jonah? Jonah messed up, but he repented. Not just in the area of how you treat your people, but have you considered repenting of your sin? The Bible says, he who covereth his sin shall not prosper. But everyone that will repent, confess, and forsake those sins, that man, that woman will obtain mercy. Today may well be the day 
So while the Holy Spirit is speaking to you, don't harden your heart. Over and over again, we see God will never somebody will repent. God will have mercy. Then I know there are some of you religious people in the house. You don't even like it when a bad person repents. Because you want them to be punished. But heaven rejoices. When one person. Say whatever I used to do. I won't do it no more. So what are the lessons from this story? Because I don't want to hold you too much. Number one. There's a message of courage here. What do I mean by courage? That man with a little farm, he had courage to confront the system. Too many of us, we give up too soon. We won't stand up for your right. And then they take from you. And they take from you. And they, in fact, they used to do it under the table. Now they don't have to hide it. Because they know nothing will come out of it. It takes courage to confront the enemy. Any enemy that is messing with your children, you have to confront it. Any enemy messing with your job, you have to confront it. Any enemy messing with your health, you have to confront it. Bible says, fight the good fight. Being a Christian don't mean you have to be a pushover, a walkover. No. Try your best not to start any fire. But if somebody fool around and poke your nose, you got my permission. If you need help, call me. We are not a doormat. We are sons and daughters of the Most High God. And God said, don't mess with my anointed. Don't do my prophet no harm. God told Pharaoh, you mess with my first son, I'll mess with every one of your first child. And sure enough, he did. Be a man or a woman of courage. Nebuchadnezzar was willing to die for what he believes. Elijah the prophet was willing to die because every time you confront a king, every time you confront a government, you put your life on the line. The Bible is full of people like that. David, when everybody was hiding their foxhole, I always tell my family, that's why I don't have too many friends. If you will not be a man of integrity, if you will not stand for what you believe, don't, don't invite me. I, yes, I'm fine. David, a teenage boy, stood up to Goliath. He said, who are you? Uncircumcised Philistine. Goliath, look at this little boy. He said, this is funny. Is this a joke? 
This is what you're got to fight with me. But David said, you see, today I will feed your flesh to the birds. You know what happened? He won. David won over Goliath. You know what I'm trying to tell you? You may think you're by yourself. But all of heaven is standing with you when you stand up for what is right. When you stand up for what is righteous. When you stand up for your people. When you stand up for your inheritance. Daniel have to confront the system. Yes, he found himself in the lion's den. And the king come around. Oh, Daniel. As your God came through for you. And the king was shocked. When Daniel spoke back and said, King, I'm still here. In fact, I'm having a party with the lions. They were supposed to kill me, but now they are my pillow. You know what I'm trying to tell you? If you stand for righteousness, all of heaven will back you. The Bible is not a fairy tale. If you stand up for what is right, all of heaven will be there to fight for you. Remember Shadrach, Meshach, and Bad Negro. If you don't compromise, if you don't join the king's clique, you will die, will put you in fairy fire. But you know what they said? Our God is able. And they said, not only is our God able, our God will deliver us. And in case God don't deliver us, we're still not going to kiss you. We're not going to bow. And when it's all over, yes, they throw them in the fire, all right. But you all know what happened. The Bible says there was another person. Jesus, the son of God, went into the fire. And I'm speaking to somebody today. Maybe you're facing crisis on your job. Maybe you're facing crisis at home. Maybe you're facing crisis in the community. God, your Savior, Jesus Christ, will come into the fire and stand with you and fight your battle. All you need to do is to stand up for what is right. Don't be a part of any mess. Ladies and gentlemen, what am I trying to tell you? Are you willing to, to die for what you believe? Or do you think being a sellout is the way to go? The reason why we're in the mess we're in today, we've seen the enemy, and the enemy is not out there, it's among us. We are the ones selling ourselves. We are the ones lying on each other. We are the ones conniving and saying ugly stuff in social media.
Lesson number two. Another thing that I saw here is about covetousness. Notice what happened. That little farm doesn't belong to King Ahab. But God said, thou shalt not covet your neighbor's belonging. When you see somebody, God is blessing. See, I am so happy for you. I thank God for you. You don't have to be jealous of nobody. You don't have to compromise your integrity. Ahab sold his own integrity for a little piece of farm. I want to encourage you this morning. You see our sister girl, God bless her with her husband. You see our sister girl, God just bless her with our new house. Hallelujah. Let's celebrate one another. Most of the problem today, I went to school like you is black on black crime. He's not the enemy out there. How are we going to make it to heaven? If it's you trying to kill me, it's me trying to kill you. We cannot blame nobody for that. Let's celebrate one another. Lesson number three. I'll stop. It's a lesson of compassion. By the way, those of you who are preachers listening, I'm teaching you how to preach too. I'm working with the letter C. What's the first thing I tell you? Courage. What's the second thing I tell you? Don't be covetous of you. What's the third thing I'm saying to you? Compassion. Pastor Covey was talking to me the other day. He said, Pastor, uh, can you help our ministers? And I told her, I would just come and hang out with you and teach you how to preach. It's not difficult. If you see me walking around and preaching, one time we were going somewhere, I forgot where we were going. I think it's La Camp. And we forgot the sermon. We didn't have the keys to get in the building. So I said, don't worry about it. I'll be fine. Why do you think I'm extra smart? No, there's a system. And then, in addition to your preparation, the Holy Spirit will help you. He will bring you to memory recall. He will bring to your remembrance, especially if you are work. We had a great time. You know what I'm trying to tell you? When I say one of the lessons is compassion, because when Ahab repented, guess what God did? He had compassion on him. And my news to somebody today, I don't care what you have done, I don't care how bad you've been, if you will repent, God will have mercy on you. Many of you, you'll get to heaven 
and you see certain people, you say, oh my God. <laughs> Brother Baba, how did you make it? He said, no, no, I'm serious. How did you make it? You know who you are. I know who you are. How did you get through the gate? One day, Brother Baba saw himself as somebody who had done wrong. And he asked God to forgive him. And God forgive him. It don't matter if it's your last breath. Remember the thief on the cross? Right there, Jesus forgive him. And say, today, today, you will be in paradise. God has compassion. No sin is too big. No, no record is too bad. God, can I be brutally honest with you? If every one of us here, this is session number one. Over 300 people are here for this first church. If every one of you here, if, along with me, if we would decide to do what I'm sharing with you today, we can change the entire central Louisiana. Jesus had only 12 people. He changed the whole world. With 12 people. And when it's all over, Christianity became the most important religion in Israel. It became the official government religion. The government bowed. That's what the power of truth. That's what power of righteousness. The people we have here, we have more than enough. Maybe, you, maybe you're a school teacher. Maybe you're a firefighter. Maybe you're a police officer. I mean, all kinds of professions. It don't matter. I don't care if you just cook. If people begin to see that you're a cook that will do what is right, you're not going to steal from the company. You're not going to join any funny club. You're not going to lie. You're not going to steal. You're going to do what is right. And when you do what is right in your corner, and I do what is right in my corner. And you do what is right over there. And you do what... Central Louisiana will bow at the name of Jesus. But because we ourselves who profess to be children of God, we are part of all kinds of mess. That's why the devil is saying, Jesus, I know. Paul, I know. Who are you? You need to be a witness. Let me say this in conclusion. Another thing you need to learn from this small story is a message of condemnation. If you will not change your ways, if you will continue to betray your own people, if you will continue to be a sellout and you may think you are getting away but the day of judgment is coming. God will have the final say. Fret not thyself over any evil doer. You don't need to be a part of it. Their time is limited. 
Some of them are king, but they are king for a day. At the end of the day, God will have the final say. You notice what happened to Ahab? If you continue to read that story, Ahab died. Jezebel died. All of their children died at the very same spot that they killed an innocent poor farmer. You know what I'm trying to tell you? Doing wrong, don't pay. Don't be a part of that. I love my family. I will not allow them. God is my witness. Talk to any member of my family. If they're going to do, they will tell you, no, don't tell him. Because I'm not going to be a part of it. They know. I got relatives in Africa. They would, God is my word. They, they're probably watching now. They would, no, don't tell Joshua about it. Let's just figure this thing among ourselves. Because he is not going to be a part of it. Going to heaven is a very important thing. Being a child of God is a very important thing. You are ambassadors for Christ. You are the light of this world. A city that is set on a hill. You cannot be hidden. Let your light so shine among men. That they will see your guru. True story. We just hired two Nigerians as professors over there. Dr. Brown probably have met them. One is Dr. Belu, and one is Dr. Okweyemi. They are scientists. I didn't even know they are on campus. They were looking for me. I am a little in the whole system. I said, why are you are looking for me? They said, we've been here for a whole year. Everywhere we go, we hear about you. Everywhere we go, nobody has anything negative to say about you. So we are hungry to meet you. We've never met a Nigerian with a good report. They're crooks. They're still the chief, just like many of you. What will it profit a man or a woman if you gain the whole world, but you lose your soul? Let's do the right thing. Somebody say in conclusion. Because you said it, I will be obedient. There's something about commanding your situation. Another letter C. You know what I'm trying to tell you? Don't be a pushover. Stand up. For what is right. Be passionate. About justice. Not just for yourself alone. If you see another man. If you see another woman. Another person. Being mistreated. Stand up. Say king this is not right. God is sending you. To help this community be the best. I believe with all my heart. Central Louisiana is destined for greatness. 
If it were not so, I won't hang around. I have enough sense to run. And I got paperwork. <laughs> that you can go to another state. But you have to be where God put you. Let's go out. You know what our motto is in this church? Zion Hill. Making our world a better place. May God give you the grace to do that. Everybody stand to your feet. I want us to pray for somebody before we leave. Maybe you hear from the Lord and your commitment today is, Lord, here am I. Send me. I want to pray with you. Because God is looking for somebody. And you may well be that very person that God's going to use to make a difference in our world. It's a messy world out there. It's so messy. The people are scared of the police. But guess what? The police are scared of you too. You may well be the person that God wants to use to make a difference. I want to invite you. Maybe you're here, you say, Pastor, I've done some things I'm not so proud of. If God can give Ahab another chance. You say, Pastor, well, if God give him another chance, why did he die? Well, if you read the book, what God did for him is to say, you're still going to pay for the sin you did. But all these things will not happen in your lifetime. I will suspend your wrongdoing till the time of your children's children. I wonder if somebody here today will say, yeah, I can see some things I've done that I'm not too proud of. I want God to forgive me. If you're that man, if you're that woman, say, Lord, send me. Here am I, I'll go. I want you to come forward. I want to pray with you. God is looking for somebody. I always remind people, I'm not nothing special about me. I'm just a, a country preacher, a missionary Baptist preacher. Like Jabez, God wants to enlarge your coast. He wants to enlarge your territory. He wants to use you for his glory to change life, to change the community. If this is what we want to live for our children, we are in trouble. Somebody else is coming. I don't even know his name. He came to me one day, Sister Gail. He said, I want to be a preacher like you. And I, I was shaking. He said, In fact, he said, I believe Sunday I'll be the pastor of this church. If you surrender yourself, 
yourself available. You see, God has planted us in various corners of central Louisiana. Tell me who can stand before us when we stand up for righteousness. Lift your hands towards heaven. Father God, I thank you. I see clearly you are building your own army. And nothing can defeat the army of the Lord. We got business owners here. We got employees here. We got parents here. We got men, women. We got singles. We got married here. We have enough, more than enough, to confront the kingdom of the devil. Lord, I pray for divine empowerment. Lord, I pray for a fresh anointing upon everyone before this altar. Whatever area God has placed you, let your light shine. I pray that God will use you for his righteousness. I pray that all of heaven will stand by you. I pray that God will reward you for your sacrifice to make this world better. The Bible says as you pass through the valley of Becca, the world is called valley of Becca. It says make it better than you found it. Lord, we are sorry. That we'll find this world much better shape than we are living it right now. Give us the courage to stand up against any Pharaoh. Lord, give us the power to cross every Red Sea. Lord, give us the power to confront every Goliath. Lord, I thank you for that anointing. Somebody is here saying, Lord, forgive me. Even me. Even me, Lord. I humble myself before you. Have mercy on me. Have mercy on your people this morning. Give us another chance. Like David will say, we are sorry. Creating us a clean heart. Renew the right spirit within us. Lord, don't cast us away from your presence. Don't take your Holy Spirit from us. Restore to us the joy of thy salvation. Renew the right spirit within us. Lord, we take our rightful place in Christ. Give us the boldness. Give us the compassion. Give us the courage. Give us the power, oh God. Lord, we thank you for it. Thank you for our forgiveness, oh God. Thank you for giving us another chance. Have your way in our lives. Thank you for divine protection. The angel of the Lord encamp around them that reference you, that fear you. We take a rightful place right now. It is so. In Jesus' name. Somebody shout amen. amen. Open your mouth, shout amen. amen. 
my brother, my sister, give God your loudest amen. It is so. God bless you. Thank you for being in church today. If somebody is here today and you're looking for a church home and you want to be in a place where the word of God is proclaimed, where you can use your gifting, your talents for the glory of God, after the benediction, my wife and I will be standing right here to welcome you to this church. Just come to the front and introduce yourself. We want to meet you and we want to celebrate you for your decision. And now may the grace of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, the love of God, the sweet communion of the Holy Spirit, I pray that he will rest upon us. I pray that he will lead us and guide us. I pray that he will continue to prepare a table before you and me in the presence of our player haters. It is so. In Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. Lord told Peter, he said, upon this rock I will build my church.